Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. I'm your host, Matt Haller, and today Ryan Smokin is our guest, the Chief Entertainment Officer for Smokes Poutine. This is going to be a show that you are going to want to take all sorts of notes on because not only are we going to talk about really what client experience is like, but we're also going to talk about some of the things that have made them an international juggernaut that are going to take over the world and achieve true world domination. Ryan, welcome to the show. Be your own loud. Welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. This is Matt Haller. And today our guest is Ryan Smokin. Now, if you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen all of that wonderful stuff uh, behind him, then you are living under a rock uh, because they are the most well-marketed organization that I have ever seen. They have tour buses going all over the world, and we're going to dive into we're going to dive into all of that. So, Ryan, before we actually get into how you're marketing global domination, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you and how you started this entire juggernaut of a business? You oh man, how did I start it? How about this man behind me? Smoke the man, the myth, the legend himself. He said, Ryan, it is time to take Putin to the rest of the world. He said, Ryan, it's time for global domination. I said, okay, Smoke, I'll be the chosen one and take the fries, cheese, curd, and gravy around the world and shove it down everybody's throat. It's made this sidekick Canadian classic into a meal. And we've loaded everything on top of those fries, cheese, curd, and gravy into making it the double. Cheeseburger poutine, how about ground beef, some cheese, and some onions and pickles and whatever you want on top. Pulled pork, nacho grande poutine. It's making that side dish into that meal we all love and crave, especially the two in the morning. You want to shove it down your throat? I said, We are ready, not just in Canada. How about global domination in the rest of the world? Boom! Yeah! So I did. <laughs> Did you grow up with this? I mean, come on, you back me up a little bit here. How how did you end up being so freaking passionate about gravy laden French fries, dude? Oh, dude, who is? If you haven't tried it, you better get out there and have it. But uh, you know, I grew up on poutine. I was on the Quebec border, Ottawa Valley boy, and uh, had that on every chip stand. But it was just that awesome awesome sidekick right since i was i don't even know dude we're talking a couple decades back i thought there's something here there's something we can make out of this we can make this into a meal load everything and think on top i grew up on the poutine since 2009 i said it's time it's time to load it it's time to have smoke's dream the man behind me to take it to the rest of the world but no i, I grew up on it and i always have thought that this could be a meal and i always dumped everything on it as a kid too like we all did right <laughs> now you have taken a very unconventional way to get the word out talk to our audience about this and we're gonna have links to all of this by the way ryan let's talk about the video series that you guys did Oh, God. Every social platform you can think of, like we've embraced it. Obviously, started out from the beginning Facebook, Twitter going, but it's the Instagram, it's the Snapchat now that we got going. Just 
Again, our motto from day one has been weird, wild, and wacky, keeping it fun. It is more than fries, cheese, curd, and gravy. And I don't know if anybody's seen any of my, uh, my guest appearance where I do a little stage show, but it's all about the music. It's the rock and roll, 80s rock. It's the entertainment. It's taking the plaid and making it cool again. That's what uh, the, the whole basis to the brand was all about and trying to get it going so we could take it to the next level. And with that, it was just go on every social platform and scream loud. Loud, like and say what you want react act like it's entertainment we've been an entertainment company since day one i've always said we're uh, more than the fries curd and gravy you know it's about the brand it's the experience and then everybody got on board the gravy train with that one and then everybody now is saying experience experience so i'm talking six seven years ago i sat down my whole team i said it's more than even experience who are we what type of company are we we're an entertainment company that's what we are we don't just sell fries curd and gravy we sell entertainment that goes across all of our social platforms that goes even in the bag the in-bag entertainment that goes into our guests when they get the delivery because now delivery is going like through the roof of this COVID thing. And they hit us. We're going to kick its ass. Are you going to say that? We're going to kick it. And that's how it's entertaining in the bag. You know, 80, 90% of our sales is now going in a bag. How do we entertain? So it's always entertaining. It's always sick and loud and proud like us Canadians because we're so loud. You, you, I cannot even. How do you take such a humongous organization? And make it so that you're so flexible because of like COVID. I mean, what you did during COVID, how you've been adjusting to all of the different social media platforms. How do you not get so rigid because you're a huge organization? Well, it's, it's like interesting to say because we're, we're not so huge. Eh? Like when you think about it, like when you think about the size of my big brothers that are out there, and that's why I say I'm, I'm the pesky little brother. I'm always poking and poking and poking. I don't have to tell you who those big chains are, right? They are always caught up in that maneuvering, be able to get that big ship turning. I run the show, man. I am the CEO. I am this man's, I'm, I'm executing his dream. So all the decisions get made right here, right now. And they were tough decisions, especially the start of COVID, like you're asking specific. It was like second week comes out of March, boom, hits. By third week of March, I made all the decisions, where we're going, where we're shutting down, how we're adapting, how we're gonna change around our, our whole infrastructure. Like it had to be done like that. And it was tough, man. It was tough at the time. It still is tough now as we're on the rebound and taking it to the next level. But it was some tough decisions. And I've got, I don't have a board of directors. I don't have all these senior people sitting around to bounce ideas off of. No, I'm staring into the mirror and I'm thinking of something that never has been done before or seen before. What do I do? What do we do? And then bring in all the troops, bring all the family, all the franchisees together to follow that direction where we want to go as a company. And it was tough, man. There were, there were tears. There were some doors shut, but there was opportunities too. And that's where I kept pushing for because where there's that, that side of it, like like us i'm not gonna glorify we shut a few places down but we're in a heavy expansion mode too at the same time we're looking for opportunity and we're hitting it around the world boom did i mention that you you have well so we were talking uh before we hit record why don't you tell everybody where you have now started to have traction in other parts of the seven billion people on this planet 
That's exactly it, bro. And it is those seven extra billion people out there. And that's what it really clicked in. It was always global domination from the beginning of time. But as we expanded across the country, like in year one, it was the, the first location 09. Then I said 10 and 10, 10 in 2010. So we hit that. Then I said, I want to double the 20 in 2011. And guess what? Do you think I did it? Yeah, we did it. Then 40, then 80, and then then it was getting into all the stadiums and non-traditional markets like that on the university campuses, you know, into the amusement parks. We had that. Now, it just hits you. That's only 30 million people. What about the other seven and a half billion people that we got out there? And that's when I really had my eyes open when I started to do some traveling and started to go around. Everybody's wanted. Everybody loves it. And it might not be Putin, what is it? No, you get too caught up in that, man. I'm giving away my secret. It's right here, right now. It's, <laughs> it's loaded fries. That's yeah. all it is. Everybody yeah. eats fries in the world. Everybody eats fries. So what do you want on top of it? Let's load it. Let's put whatever they want and stuff it down their throats until they get addicted and they need more. And they added another <laughs> shot of adrenaline gravy in them. <laughs> so that's what we found out, brother. We just started traveling the world. And now we're doing it. I mean, we're in nine other countries already. We just finally got to do our first big show in the last 19 months. We just got done it in uh, France. Huge interest, huge interest. We already got Austria, Czech Republic, and Hungary. Those three European countries already gone, but now it's the rest of Europe looking at the UK, all through England. Like it's going to be boom, it's going to be explosion of gravy all over the screen in your face. (laughs) (laughs) You've changed the way that companies market. Where did that come from? How did you have that epiphany? Uh, you know, it's a good question. I, I always uh, had a whacked out mind. <laughs> that. But uh, again, I got to give credit to that guy behind me, that dude right there. He's the he's the true visionary. And all he, uh, all he ever asked was that his name and face was on our logo. That's all that dude asked for. He's just a giver. He's a giver. He's around the world, that beautiful face. I had the uh, idea for the poutinery and loaded probably god like i said a couple decades ago but before that it was it was a nice uh nice ride that i took to get there is that i had property development company that i started before this i've always been an entrepreneur my whole life never worked for the suits so had that which obviously helps and uh expansion uh, at a global scale like we're doing with the property development but the biggest one was after that 11 years i owned a branding and design company and i started that from scratch and i was just cold calling had a couple couple buddies that were graduating from OCAD and I said, hey, yo, why don't we uh, sell your services? What do you do again? Okay, great. Let's let's sell it across the country here. And by the end, no dude, we had Nike, Molson, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, YTV, Sims Snowboards. We had, and I admit, I didn't know branding at that time. I'm a kid at a university. And so I, I learned it. I learned it inside out. And I don't know where it hit that. It's just like, this is, if this didn't have that brand behind it, and this didn't have the plot, this didn't have the energy, we'd just be selling French fries, cheese curds, and gravy. And we've seen those. We've seen those places pop up across the street and shut down at the same time. There's a reason why we're going global domination because we are more than fries, cheese curd, and gravy. Are you getting where I'm going? I, I am. And don't shouldn't more companies realize that they are so much more than just the products and services they offer? Yeah, yeah. And that's what's happening now. And that's what I was saying before. Like, it's that experience. That's the biggest word you're going to hear. And you have in the last couple of years now, experience, experience, experience. But I've been preaching that for 12 years here, the experience. And that's when it became that entertainment company, right? Not everybody can entertain, perhaps, like, but like I do loud and proud and screaming and 
but you can entertain in a billion different ways. But the experience is the biggest word being tossed around out there. And everybody knows that now. So that's what actually can come to haunt companies like us who are claiming that we're the ultimate, we're the best, we're the top. So we have to keep doing that. We have to stay ahead. If all of a sudden, I won't name any of my competitors, but I don't really think they're competitors. But anyways, these other fast food places, like they start to, they start to say experience, what can we do it? So we have to stay on the edge of that. And right now it's social. And we know mm -hmm. how to social to destroy all these guys. We we had them on face to face on social. Like we'll we'll call them on. Like we're not afraid. We're like like I said, pesky little brother, man. Yeah, come on, come on. He's gonna he's gonna poke poke. He's gonna come at me. Oh, he took a swing. Now we're going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And then they're gone. Where'd they go? <laughs> you scared of me now? What? The big brothers now? The gonna be down on the count for ten. But they are afraid of you, and they're afraid of you for good reason. Because you have the opportunity and you have taken the opportunity to just you you put on the gloves. And there are a lot of companies that are afraid to do that. How how are you so comfortable putting on the gloves and, and actually taking these other fast food chains to the to the mat? Oh, you just gotta can't be afraid. You if if I tried to compete with somebody who's well, I'll even think of it this way. This is this is a mean way to put it, but you know these guys are. No offense to anybody who's listening, but th these guys are like eighty years old. Okay, like they're old, like and, it, and they're tough to turn. They've done well. You know, I was always told if, if we had this brand in action twenty, thirty years ago, it was such a different franchise world out there. There wasn't the the franchise disclosure documents. There wasn't all the legalities behind it and everything. We'd be we'd be exploding. But these guys are eighty years old, ninety years old. They ha they haven't figured out how to adapt to the common times i'm only just over 10 years old and we had a, a whole crap load of growing up to do from yeah. 12 years ago this thing called facebook and oh my god what do we do how do i got god the last 10 years the last five years the last three years i mean on the on the whole social side you got to keep up with that not i'm not saying we're a master of it but we're not afraid of it and just like changing of the whole industry into a whole delivery industry i accepted that five years ago when that was stirring up because if you if you were afraid to do it because of that markup and my franchisees were rebelling against me they did not want to do this it was taking money off but we just said this is it this is look to the future maybe i'm at the time it could have been five years ahead at the time but it got expedited with this whole covid thing a year and a half ago and then now they're all thanking me, right? Because we had that solid infrastructure to, to embrace all that delivery service. You got to stay on top of the times where, again, on the uh, on the big front, a lot of those companies, a lot of those brands were slow moving even to get onto the delivery platforms. So we've been doing it for five years already. So I, I don't have the billion dollars to, to invest in marketing programs or into the ultimate app of all times. Like, like I get suckered in. I got the Tim's app. You know, high five, Tim's like you guys rock. I get suckered into all your promotions, but I can't afford to do it. So how do I compete? And it's by being loud and proud. <laughs> oh, Canada, Poutine. Now, we had the opportunity and the huge benefit of meeting different people who were on your team to get you on the show. And I have to say, Ryan, 
that energy, I want everybody to know this, everybody we met with was just larger than life, so so excited because they believe your message so strongly. How in the hell does an organization your size with franchises all over the world maintain that specific level of people that you get on board? How do you find them? How do you build them? What do you do? That is the toughest point to go by, but like to be able to go out and find the people that are like energized like me and going to be screaming out like impossible. I already let that go. I already came to the reality of that very early in the game. But if I'm to go out there and go on the brand side and to try to coach people and say, okay, if it's not that franchisee who's got the energy, they've have to have that brand ambassador who can scream loud and proud. Then we train them to do that. A little more from their training staff to that franchisee. And then you get another manager involved in it, another 20% down, then, then to the staff, to the kid across the till, and then to the fan who's placing the order. All of a sudden you got zero. And that's kind of what you're asking. It's like, how do you maintain that? And that is just to keep screaming loud and to just keep pumping the brand and finding the people that are ready to rock and roll behind you that believe in it because even when we were doing the franchise shows from the beginning of time and people came up and they they're looking at putting putting what's putting uh, how do i make money how do i make money off this and it's like I, i'm not interested i i have no interest i'm not saying said out go away i didn't quite say it that bluntly actually i probably did a lot of times but it is it's just not a fit if they're coming over and they're they're explaining oh my god i saw you guys on you know it's so much energy i love the vibe i want plaid you know like some people even come on and they'll start playing the air guitar with me as i got my 80s rock playing in the background they're wondering their 10 minute talk with me and then they're like all energized well, what do you guys sell anyways what do you do like that's the ultimate right i guess the people that understand the brand know the brand want to be a part of the brand after that like then you know you've got the hook and they can then be able to spread that message to the rest of the world and by that i mean their managers their staff that fan that's across the counter from them and it's tough dude it's really tough you, lo you lose that at every stage but you've got to be going uh, that much louder on top then that's all I say. And this crazy guy right here. Him, not me. Let's break that down just to, to, to the next level. Your franchisees, so we hear this a lot from the people who we work with, is, is that loss of intensity and all of that stuff. But people still can rely on you, Ryan. How do you help the people who are through that? And I love that you just said fan. I want to touch on that really quick because we talk a lot about this, Ryan. Skeptics versus fans. You have created raving fans of your brand, not just the fries with gravy and curd, right? This is like, they love, they want to be part of this. How much can people rely on you to maybe either they're spongy and they absorb you or how can they rely on you to get that message out to everybody else? Now you're putting pressure on me, man. You're putting pressure on me. Oh, no, that's what, that's what I got to deliver. I mean, any franchise model has that give that they're giving or nobody's going to be interested in investing into the franchise. They'll just go open their own poutinery. What I'm telling them is you invest with me and I'm going to have that success ratio. I don't have to start blabbing a bit, but I'm just talking our, our franchise fees are 6%. If you can't do 6% more in sales because smokes patina and because with my help and guidance and, and taking it right from start to finish with the experience that we've got then you're not part of the model anyways you don't get it so when we're doing that and when we're taking that down the line and down the chain 
and it is finding again just those people who are who are excited about the brand you see the see the benefits from it see the ability to do it and to get them to invest in that where they're begging for the one two three more locations that they want to get on board the gravy train and take it more like we have like i'm not saying you have to get more than more than one we've got great franchisees who've just got one that's their goals and objectives but if they've said it that they want to have a region they want to get three locations and a mobile unit awesome we know them let's put the team together and help them get there if they want the whole country now they're going international awesome great let's do it if they want multi-countries we've got one guy who's got three countries already let's let's do it let's let's figure out that business model around those people so it's finding those right partners who believe in the brand and believe in the system and not trying to sell them on on the franchise model you'll know if you want that you'll know if that's the fit so i'm not there to sell a franchise i'm not there to sell a franchise at all so once they've invested i take it personally they've invested in me especially those first say 20 locations and i'm experiencing that now they've invested in me like i'm the one who took them through everything i sold it to them i did all the training i helped them find sign the lease find the location set up the infrastructure the whole distribution get them all fired up do the training on site like the whole bit then what happens as I'm growing and I've got other people on the operation side, marketing, you know, on the development side, I do start to lose touch on those day to day, but that doesn't mean I have to lose touch on the, on the everyday. I can still be out there. I can still be in the face. They see it all over social. And if they don't, then they're not branding properly. And I kind of represent smoke. So if they're not seeing me, I've got a question for them right now. It's like, when are you selling your franchise then to somebody who cares and gets it? But we have we have a great group that do it and they get it. And I'm there for them all the time. I've always had open telephone, open email, every single franchisee anywhere in the world. I mean, that makes for long days when you're talking countries that are 10, 12 hours ahead of us. But, but that's part of the gig, man. That's what it's all about. It's 24-7. Put it out there and I've got to honor it. So ask any franchisee that I have if they've called me and I've never called them back better yet if i didn't didn't even answer the phone 99 percent of the time that's something like oh there's one now i, I can't answer it but if, if i can't answer it i'll be getting back to them like 24 hours max email me you're gonna get a response you have to stay you have to stay open i bet you there's not too many ceos of those other companies out there that can claim that boom in your face i challenge you <laughs> those other ceos Nobody even knows who the hell they are. First off, so so this you know now I want I want to talk about I want to talk about global domination. I really want to talk about it from uh, how in the hell did you guys wake up and decide that one you were going to take over the world and then start really executing on it? I mean, going into all of these other foreign countries, you said it earlier, and I'm trying to tease something you said out earlier, Ryan, which is some of the places they might not like the core gravy with cheese curd product it's loaded fries for lack of a better description but more importantly it's experience how have you been able to stay culturally sensitive normative and still maintain this growth structure it kind of goes down to my motto of like hard work common sense and surround yourself with the right people and in that question it's that third one surround yourself with the right people i'm not going to sit here and say oh yeah i can take it glow i know everything i don't know anything i didn't know anything about franchising when i got into this puppy i never set foot in the kitchen i'd never been in the food industry i like i said i was property development and i was brand development so that's where it came so then it's surround yourself with the right people and right now i mean i had the core group that was for canada as we went 
Uh, but at the same time, you came into that first location down on Adelaide Street that I ran myself. I ran that whole puppy myself, that number one location. And I was screaming, screaming global domination from the beginning of time. Everybody would walk in, they're like looking around, like, is this a franchise? Like, where's this from, man? Like, uh, that was the vibe from the beginning of time. But I had to follow through on it. I can't just keep screaming something and not follow through. So then it's, it's, it's definitely the investment. It's getting the right people in there. And I've got a great international team that's got the experience. Uh, should I talk who they've taken to the rest of the world already? Anyways, he's taken a bunch of brands at different times to the rest of the world. Full global focus, international focus. So he, he knows people in all these countries. He knows the he knows the countries way better than I ever would. So like he likes to say is I'm like the I'm the brochure in his back pocket. That's my role when it comes to those ones, right? I let him do the selling and I give that distance and autonomy to him to go out and conquer and take us to the rest of the world and it, and it, it is working and I, you can't get into something that you really don't know I could sit here and preach I know everything about the whole food industry and international expansion and I'd just be lying through my teeth so I, I know how to brand I know how to build empires I know I've had three successful uh, companies as an entrepreneur that's what I know I know how to build brands build companies and that is surround yourself with the right people so look at where your strength is and, and find out uh, where you're going to concentrate and look at your weaknesses and get those right people in there. The level of humility, right. That, that you're showing there is, is, is commendable, but I want to highlight your genius and why I believe that more people who are in the charge of organizations, the captains of the ship, which you are clearly the captain of the ship, you have a marketing, branding, and entrepreneurial background. That is not Wharton, MBA, Harvard, blah, 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 you know, climbing the corporate ladder. Do you think that more companies should run like that in a does that lead to your level of flexibility and exposure? Like you had said before, where's the where's the founder, the owner, the the CEO of? You, you get to that size, it's more the age of it, right? Like when you're around that long, how can you have somebody who's so direct and buried into the business with your franchisees, with all your partners? That's a tough gig, man. And and people are probably pretty surprised how lean we are as a company as we take it to the rest of the world. And that's what you got to stay and you got to stay in touch at all levels. A very, you know, there's the flat structure and everybody's everybody's interacting like I have multiple bookkeepers and I can talk to any one of them on the marketing side or social side, like very open communication. I'm sure they are maybe a little nervous to come into my uh, office, they don't, but they don't show it. You know, they know they're more than welcome to come in and you got to be able to stay in touch with it. But you get too big, you get too cumbersome and you're not, you're going to lose all that touch with the, all your fans. And you're going to lose it with definitely with your franchises, who franchisees who are the blood of the whole entity, right? Like if they're, if they're not happy and they're not doing well, and, and I'm not doing too well. So that was a tough time through COVID. Like they really keep them fired up, really keep people that are looking at that global domination and have that positive vibe that was going through. The, it, it was it was at the beginning, we were doing at least one call a week with all of our franchises and franchisees. And then it got to, you know, once every couple of weeks, once a month. But it's that constant contact and staying 
more than just a name on an email. At least I'm doing the interaction. We do once a month. We do our mid-month, it's 5Ms we call it, the mid-month Monday marketing meeting. And it's on our big screen TV where all the franchisees dial in. And uh, we just stay in touch. I'm, I'm part of that. So it's more than just, just a guy, a, a signature on an email, right? It's like you got to be the face. And you got to be able to connect with everybody, no matter how big or small. So I've got a multi-unit dude who's got all the UAE and I've got single unit greatness right here in small town in Canada. They're all the same. They're all great partners. When it comes to the philosophy of this entire podcast is, is helping people one, give themselves permission to be unapologetically themselves to rise above the noise and be their own loud. That is like, that's what my company exists for. That's why we are here. That's what we do. When did you have that epiphany? Because I believe, Ryan, and we've done lots and lots of these shows, everybody I asked this question to, there was a time in their life, it could have been early on in your life, it could have been professional development, whatever, where you just woke up and you're like, you know what, I'm really tired of trying to be like everybody else. I'm going to be the best me I can be. And when they give themselves that permission, that's when they do rise above Taco Bells and Burger Kings and those organizations. You gave yourself permission and that permission, it seems to have have trickled out through the people that you've hired. When did you have that epiphany? Probably not an epiphany in my stage because I had the, uh, like you said, the branding and design company before this. That maybe is where I learned where I where I had to go, where I needed to go because I can remember. Maybe this is kind of the epiphany. It was a, it was a, after I'd sold. Uh, to a large ad agency and I was planning on taking a couple years off just relaxing I just had a, two boys twin boys that were just born so I just said I'm, I'm chilling gonna take a couple years but at the same time as I was walking out I was talking to the designers there and I said but dudes I'll be in touch I've got another idea that I'm coming back at you with so maybe that in itself is realizing I'm coming to a branding and design company to work with them to build this chain, this poutine chain. I'm not going looking for a space and looking for the best potatoes out there. I did that afterwards, but we built the brand. We built, I built the whole essence of smoked poutine way before I knew where I was getting my potatoes from. And I knew where I was opening my first location. So maybe that's in a way, it's like, it's an epiphany I'm having right now, actually. Just came to me. It was at that time, it was that realization that if I had a, found the space and said, okay, found the space now i'm going to open up a poutine company then i'm i just said it right there i'm opening up a poutine shop that's not what i was opening i'm not opening a poutine shop i'm opening up an entertainment center for all of our fans and if they happen to love poutine want to shove it down their throats while they're there and then boom then do it dump gravy over their heads you know just fire off cheese curd across the crowd i don't care but it's that they're having that entertainment that's probably where it was it was realizing from my past experience that i, I built a brand way before i sold my first poutine if you could give a piece of advice to young entrepreneurs who have a brilliant idea like what you've created what would be the one thing that you would say, hey, I learned this and I would love it if you didn't make the same mistake I did? Don't be afraid. Just go do it, man. Like there's so many people, like even even with the poutinery, right? It's like, you don't know how many thousands of people. Oh, you stole my idea. Oh, I had that idea. I was going to do it. And I I knew it was awesome. And like I had that like 10 years ago before you. I was just like, well, 
no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't do it. Like, I didn't steal this off anybody, but apparently a million people think I've stolen it off them. No, we created poutinery. I took it. I invested in it. I did. So it's a risk reward. It could have flopped, and which is a majority of people. Before I opened, ninety nine percent of people on all the regs and all the all the media are, are trashing it. It's like I'm not going to go anywhere. Who's going to pay ten dollars for a poutine? Blah blah blah. This guy's going to be done in three months if he's lucky. Like I didn't listen to it. This was all the all that noise around us. Like channel it into the positive sense and go go get it. Go do it, man. Like can't sit there and say, oh, I, I was going to do that. That guy took my idea. Like no, you have the idea. Go do it. Like give it a shot. Right, and if you're not going to stop whining about it, don't claim you had the idea if you're not going to go after it. So tough. It's easier to say as an entrepreneur because I've been an entrepreneur, like I said, my whole life. So I haven't been tied down, haven't had the uh, shackles on, and, and looking to um, the convenience of having that nice salary. Like that's tough to break out, and I can understand. That's why I think this whole COVID thing—it's going to be an explosion, and it already is showing of people looking to expand, finally do that thing they always dreamed of to have that be their own boss and go with it so i think that's the opportunities now but just don't talk go get it don't don't talk to me late unless of course again it's a good idea then come talk to me <laughs> well we will make sure that everybody has got your contact information so that they can reach out to you because i love that i love the idea that you just want to empower people one of the things that we've said on this show often is it's not pie right just because i have mine doesn't mean that you get less there's so much to go around and there is within the world of of whatever your great idea is if you are able to rise above and do what you guys have done to make it so that all of the sudden it is an experience instead of just a product. Absolutely everything changes. All right. Final words. What question should I have asked you that I didn't? Whoa. You didn't ask me before that you were going to ask me. It's what, what's here. What's now? What's, what's to the future? Like if I'm sitting here on my couch, which I am, what's next and honestly it's global domination it hasn't changed it's global domination taken to every city every country in the world and now people are starting to listen and believe a little bit of a setback we'll call it with this whole COVID thing that doesn't slow down the rock and roll gravy train we're going full fuel we're going across well it could be the gravy plane now we're going over the ocean we're hitting the other countries and we're gonna do it so nobody over there is saying oh that guy hadn't he took my idea right no i'm gonna execute what i've been saying from the very beginning of time 11 years ago screaming global domination from the beginning of the first service going out over the counter that first fan that's the goal if everybody wanted to say what's the goal it's every city every country in the world are you on board the gravy train are you on board <laughs> please make sure you go to smokespoutine.com i'm sorry it's smokespoutinery.com is that right yep yep okay all right good 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 okay so can they find out franchise information there too yeah yeah you can find all the information will be on there i got a special franchise site for smokesfranchising.com so go check it out there or just become a lover and a fan and just go mow down the poutine man you'll love it but yeah looking to do franchises around the world you want a whole country boom let's do it but you got to believe in the brand 
and you got to feel the energy. It's not about the fries, curd, and gravy. So if that's all you're thinking, making money off fries, and I don't want to talk to you. But if you want to be part of this brand and get on board the gravy train, then go. Let's do it. Fire it up. You're stoking the engine. We're fueling it up. You just want to sit in the back seat of the train. I don't want you. Get up. Let's fuel this together and take over the world. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> I don't think there's a better way for us to end the show. Rock and roll. So Ryan, thank you so much. Please make sure you guys follow him on everything all over the place. Follow Smokes. They've got the greatest social media presence. If you want to see a real example of what you can do and should do for your company to make it an absolute experience, please make sure that you follow everything there. So Ryan, thanks for being on the show, brother. And for everybody here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.